thanking you. Amen. Amen. always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really
It's a great Wednesday night, and we're so glad that you're here at Victory Christian Fellowship. And if you're watching online, thank you for watching and uh, share it with a friend. We believe that God's going to touch your heart and he's going to impact your life tonight because that's just what he does. Heavenly Father, we're so great that we have such an awesome God. And we have the privilege and the honor of knowing you and walking with you. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you're going to do great and mighty things tonight. Things that you have planned. This is a divine appointment for us to encounter your presence and to experience times of refreshing in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. And on the promises of Christ, my King, through eternal ages, let His praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and
worship in this and praise, almighty God. interact with you we can fellowship with you we can commune with you we can share life with you and you're here with us tonight and we thank you Lord that you speak to us the victory for I took the keys to death hell and the grave I made a show openly of the defeat of your enemy and I'm here to stand victorious and I'm here to bring victory to you I'm here to cause you to overcome and to ride on the high places of this earth Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. You know, in Acts 19, the Apostle Paul, he, uh, it said that unusual miracles were done by his hand. And he said that 
handkerchiefs or cloths were brought to him. And when they were anointed, they were placed on people who were sick. The sick got healed. And people who were possessed were delivered and set free. So there's a cloth here for someone. And Father, we just give you thanks and praise for your yoke destroying, burden removing, power of God. We anoint this cloth with the anointing and the anointed one, the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We give you thanks and praise that your power will go into this cloth and it will do the work of the Lord and it will accomplish great and mighty things and it will establish a permanent victory, Father. And we give you thanks and praise as we lay our hands on this cloth, as we touch this cloth, Father. We know that you're touching it in the name of Jesus. You're filling it, Lord. And it's going to do great and mighty things. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is going to be my last Wednesday with you for a while. I'm leaving Sunday evening to go to India, and I'll be back on September 17th. But uh, don't worry, because Dr. Fiona will be uh, filling in. She's going to do a great and wonderful job. Hallelujah. And uh, if, uh, if you're able to go and uh, see the Hagans, they're going to be at Faith Alive Fellowship in Spring Mills, Pennsylvania. They're actually there tonight, and they'll be there tomorrow morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, and I think Friday night. And uh, so if you can't go, you can watch online, but look up Faith Alive Fellowship. And uh, the pastor is Pastor Chris Korn, and uh, you can watch it live there. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We watched it when they were, they were just in Connecticut, and so uh, it's awesome. Hallelujah. They poured into my life. And uh, they're pouring into people uh, from this church, too, as we sent uh, four or six people. Well, two from Blessed Children Home and four from here now. Hallelujah. So, glory to God. And uh, you're going to thank you for sending me to go and train people in India. We're going to touch 1.4 billion people. Amen. Training up some indigenous people, sending them back into their country full of the fire and the word and the love of God. Amen? Yes. You know, you can change a nation. Yes. Hallelujah. Don't lose hope about America because the church is still here. We got the power. Yes. Amen? We can, Satan's not going to get the upper hand. He's defeated, you know that. Yes. He is completely and utterly defeated. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Kapow, and uh, splat. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Satan lost his anointing, but we have ours. We have a, an, our anointing, amen? amen? And he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. So uh, God is good. And I just want to thank you in your giving tonight. You can give tonight your tithes, your offerings. And uh, we've reached our goal for India and then now we're working on Sierra Leone, hallelujah, and Guyana. So uh, we're excited about that. That's, that's new territory. And uh, we're going to, I said Sierra Leone, I meant Liberia. 
Sierra Leone was right next to it. Um, but uh, hallelujah. And if you're watching online, you can give through our website. You can give anytime during the service. You guys know how to do that. And if you have any questions, you can ask Miss Lisa. She'll help you. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful as I pronounce the blessing on your givers and their gifts, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that they, as they invest into the kingdom of God, Lord, they're giving to you in heaven and you're receiving it. And in return, Father, you're blessing them mightily and abundantly and you're causing them to prosper, to be protected and provided for. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness upon your givers and their gifts in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the kids are staying in tonight, or do we have kids? We have kids. Awesome. All right. Great. So we're going to dismiss our kids to have their kids' lives. So kids, have a good night. Wednesday night, refreshing for kids. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, God wants you to receive. He actually wants you to receive more than you realize. So tonight, I want to help you receive. And we're going to possess God's promises tonight. How many possessors are in this room tonight? If you're a possessor, just raise your hand. I just want to read a couple scriptures, a few scriptures to you about God's desire for you to have some things. And then I'm going to show you about two people who possess God's promises. Amen? And if you want to follow along, you can read on the screen or you can uh, look up in your Bible or however, your device or whatever. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Say, God delights in me receiving from him. Say, God wants me to have good things. He wants me to have abundant life. He wants me to be blessed. Hallelujah. You believe that? Amen. Romans 8 and verse 32. And I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, He who did not spare even his own son... But gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Say, God's a giver of all things. Yeah, he wants you to have all things that are good. God's not the author of bad. Okay? All right, go to John 3.16. You guys could probably quote that. But it's good to look at it. Amen. John 3:16. For God so greatly loved the world. Are you in this world? Then he greatly loved you. He so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes in and trusts in him as savior shall not perish but have eternal life. God wants you to have eternal life. Amen? He loved a world that didn't love him, and he gave us the greatest gift of all. That's how much God wants you to receive. Amen? All right? Math, uh, Psalms 37, verse 4. 
Psalms 37, verse 4. This is just the Bible saying how God wants you to have things. All right? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. You delight yourself in him, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, notice these are all things that he's saying to people who participate with his plan. Amen? In John 3.16, it said, uh, all who believe in him, right? In Romans 8.32, uh, th- those who received his son, you know, he's going to give you freely all things. Matthew 7.11. Matthew 7.11. And Matthew's not an Indian. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just, I said that I've never been to a 7-Eleven that didn't have an Indian in it. That's all right. Matthew 7-11. If you then, being evil as you are, know how to give good gifts, good advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, uh, perfect as he is, give what is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking him? He, he wants to give you good things. He wants you to have good things. Amen? He wants you to receive from him. The greatest thing that excites a giver is the receiving of their gifts. Amen? All right? Romans eight twenty eight. Romans eight twenty eight. Glory to God. These may cause excitement, and that's okay. Romans eight twenty eight. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his his plan and purpose. God wants things to work out for your good, for your benefit. Hallelujah. That's exciting. Amen. James 1.17. James 1.17. These are just scriptures that reiterate that God wants you to receive from him. How many receivers are here tonight? Amen. Okay. Uh, James, uh, I'm sorry. Did I say John? James 117. James 117. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights the creator and sustainer of the heavens in whom there's no variation or rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning. He is perfect and never changes. How many good gifts come from him? All good gifts, every good gift. Amen. God's a giver of good gifts. He wants you to have good things. He wants you to receive good things, things that he's promised, things that he said, things that he's provided for. All right, one more, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. God has given us a curator, 
the Holy Spirit. He shows us what belongs to us. He shows us how to possess it. God wants you to have good things. He wants you to receive from him. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, possessing what... Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I want you to turn to the book of Mark... Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Hallelujah. You know, there's two simple ways that you can possess God's promises. Number one, it's voice activated. Number two, it's touch sensor or action activated. All right? Just two little things. So Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark... I don't know why I'm getting these names mixed up tonight. Praise God. Uh, Mark chapter 5. And uh, let's go. uh, Let's go to verse uh, 21. Now, this was after the man from Gadara had met Jesus And he went and published his testimony in this area. Okay? Verse 21. When Jesus was passed over again. Say passed over again. So he had come back to this area. After some time, after the man from Gadara, he was sent by Jesus. He got delivered from a legion of demons, and he went and told his story. And these people got to hear his testimony, I'm sure. When, he, when Jesus was passed over again by the ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was near the sea. Everybody say, much people. And behold... There comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. What did Jairus do? He came to Jesus. Who was Jesus? He came to the Word. He came to the promise maker and the promise keeper. He came to Jesus, the Son of God. He came to the one who established a new covenant for us to benefit from. He, he came to the one who showed us how to live a victorious life, how it can be done. Amen? How many know you've got to go to the right place? If you're going to get things from God, you've got to go to the right source. Amen? Jesus was in the area and Jairus came to him. Okay? Verse, and, and he fell at his feet. What do you think he's doing at his feet? He's worshiping. Amen? So he came to Jesus, and he's worshiping Jesus. How many know, if if you're going to receive from God, you've got to get in a position of worship, a position of honor and exalting him. Amen? Okay? So, and uh, the Bible names this person, Jarius, and he besought him greatly. What's the next word? Saying. Everybody say saying. Jairus said some things. What's he doing? He's getting ready to receive from the one who gives him good things. He's getting ready to receive the one who made a promise. Amen? Everybody say saying. 
He's about to activate. This is voice activated. You respond to what you hear with your voice. How many know if you want to receive from God, you've got to say something? Amen? The silent don't necessarily receive from God. I said this before, but one day there was a preacher at a church and he said, let's bow for a moment of silent prayer. And the devil said, amen. God gave you a mouth so that you can use it. Jarius was saying some things. He said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. He states the fact, he states the situation, but he doesn't stay there. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Ooh, Mm. listen to what he said. Everybody say, I'm listening. Okay, so Jarius, he said, he, he asked, he said to Jesus, come, right? Lay your hands on her that she may be healed and that she shall live. He did not say, I hope this thing works. He was very specific in what he said, wasn't he? He was very particular. Notice he said, come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Is that negative or positive? It's positive. See, if you want to receive from God, you've got to say positive things. You have got to say things that come in agreement and are in harmony with Jesus. In order to receive from God, you've got to say the same thing as he says. Is it God's will to heal? That is a well-established fact. I could give you scripture after scripture after scripture. I could actually give you 26 reasons why it's God's will to heal, but that would take a week and we don't have that time. Okay, it's God's will to heal. All right? Jarius needed some healing in his family, so he comes to Jesus, he worships him, and he starts saying something. His voice, he's activating the promises by his voice. Mm. Don't we have voice recognition? Who's, who's that person? Alexis. Play striper, right? I, I don't have an Alexis. Right? That's the That's the... I don't know who makes it. I don't care. But it's the voice-activated thing. You can say Alexis, and she'll do what you'll tell her to do, right? Right? Now, I have an iPad. An iPad operates by touch. That's another way that we can receive from God, but I'm not there yet. Okay? Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Was this in faith? Because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? Verse 24, Jesus went with him. If it wasn't in faith, Jesus wouldn't have gone with him. 
Everybody say, Jesus went with him. Jesus is the walking word. He is the word made flesh. He's from the beginning, right? The word went with Jairus because Jairus agreed with the word. In his statement, in his phrase, in his wording. Amen? Jesus went with him. The word responded to Jairus' request. Okay? Now we get into the touch part. Alright? And much people followed him and thronged him. What does it mean to throng? It means a rock star is going through Walmart and everybody's trying to touch him. Right? Oh, I'm not going to wash his hand for a week. People get goofy when they get around famous people. Right? But thronging just simply means, okay, so you got a lot of people that are thronging Jesus. But their throng is vain. They're just touching him. They're not saying anything. They're not believing anything. They're just touching him. How many know that when you touch something in faith, it makes a difference? And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood... For 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. She has put up with this condition for 12 years. That's older than Josiah. She had suffered many things of many physicians. What do you think? Now, the Bible doesn't, we can't go beyond what the Bible says, but maybe we can just speculate a little bit. She suffered many things. She was poked. She was prodded. She was examined. And they all came to the same conclusion. We can't help you. I can't help you. I can't do anything for you. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what the cause of it is. Now, think about hearing that news year after year for 12 years. How are you going to get, break the cycle of sickness? How are you going to get out of this disease that weakens you, that gets you down, and there's no good news about it? Mm-mm. She had spent all that she had. So prior to this sickness, she had something. If she had it to spend it and she was able to spend it, she had it before she spent it. Amen? So this sickness depleted her money. It depleted her resources. It depleted her time. It depleted her energy. Sickness is a thief. God's not in favor of sickness. He's in favor of healing. Okay? And nothing bettered but rather grew worse. Now, every doctor that she's visited says, uh, you know, it's not going to get better. And she's actually getting worse. And now she's spent all of her money. Now what are you going to do? Verse 27. But, oh, hallelujah. 
When she had heard of Jesus, she heard the word. She heard about how the word heals. She heard about how the word resurrects. She heard about, I don't know what, the Bible doesn't say what she heard, but she heard of Jesus and Jesus is the word. She heard about life. She heard about eternal life. She heard about salvation. She heard the word. Someone came across this woman's path and told her something about Jesus. And that was better than any news she's ever heard about from a doctor. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press. She had a press pass. Behind and touched his garment, for she, what, what, verse 28, for she what? She said. This is really important. She said something. Jarius said something. Both possessed the promise. Mm. Okay. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched him. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I hope this will work. She said, if I may but touch his clothes, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not what she said. She said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Everybody say, shall be. There was, there was no going around it. There was no turning back. She knew that if she got in contact with Jesus based on what she heard, that her situation in her life was going to change forever. She was fully persuaded, fully convinced that what she heard about Jesus would happen in her life. How do we know that? Because she actually did what she said. You know you're persuaded when you do what you say, Right? So, she heard of Jesus. She came in the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, immediately. Everybody say immediately. See, she said something and she did something. What she did was she touched. Because she said she was going to touch. You see the agreement? You see that what she did lined up with what she said, and what she said caused her to do what she did. Amen? So she voice activated, touch activated. She did it both. Okay? Straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She got more results in one moment than she did in 12 years. Because of what she said and what she did. Are you with me? Okay. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague or affliction. Not she, she felt it. Amen. Notice the feelings came after she said and after she did. The feelings did not come before she said or before she did. When she said it, she was still feeling the bleeding. When she did it, she was still feeling it. But after that, she felt in her body. Your feelings don't lead you, but they follow you. If you're led by your feelings, if you're putting your feelings out first, you're going to miss what God has for you. 
Because God is not pleased with feelings. What, what pleases God? Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can have the most greatest feeling ever, but God, that's not going to make God go whoop. But you show him some faith, and God will go, whoo! God cheers faith. Amen? Okay? And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue, that word virtue is power. That's actually the word dunamis. That dunamis power had gone out of him. He noticed someone touched me that was different than all the touches I've been getting. Someone touched me in faith because someone said something and someone did something. He turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Isn't this Jesus? You mean he didn't know who touched him? No, he didn't. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't have recorded that he asked, who touched me? Say, Jesus didn't know who touched him. He just knew that he had been touched in a different way than all the other touches. This touch was different. This touch drew something out of him. This touch pulled something out of him. This touch activated something in the words. This touch tapped into the power that was there. And his disciples said unto him, the obvious question, the elephant in the room, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? I bet he didn't know half the people who touched him. He didn't know two-thirds of the people that touched him. And the disciples are like, you see, all, and you're asking who touched you? But see, they didn't have a clue what would happen. They were just thinking naturally. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. He was, look, he was looking for the person that had faith. Did you know that faith shows up on your face? Faith, faith shows up in your expressions. Faith is joyful. Faith is persistent. Faith doesn't quit. Faith has a look about it. Faith has a walk about it. Faith has a talk about it. He was looking through the crowd to see this person who had that faith. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, everybody say knowing. When did she know that this was going to happen? She, she, she knew it was going to happen when she said it and she did it. She knew it was going to happen before it happened. That's what faith does. Faith goes into the invisible realm and it gets what it needs and it brings it to the realm of reality. Faith goes down to sheets because you want a Coke. And sheets have a Coke. And you know that they have a Coke. So you go in with your $2.50, maybe $3 now. So that you, and you go into the sheets, you open up the refrigerator, you get your Coke, you pay your bill. You already knew that you were going to get a Coke because you wanted a Coke. But you knew that sheets had a Coke. And you went to the sheets to get a Coke. 
she knew that Jesus was a healer. And she went to Jesus to get her healing. She didn't go anywhere else. She didn't see another doctor. She didn't consult her neighbor. She didn't ask her for healing. She went straight to the source. Because she knew that was the source of healing. That was the source of life. And she's going to connect with that source. Through her voice and through her touch. Hallelujah. This is good preaching. Might as well, if you're going to leave, it's just be your last Wednesday, go out on a bang. So the woman told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, my power has made you whole. That's not what he said. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Behold of the plague. Say, my faith can do the impossible. Say, my faith can get the invisible and bring it to the physical. That's what she did. Jesus commended her faith, not his power. Her faith set the parameters of how this was going to take place. I'm going to touch him. And bang, it's going to be good. I shall be. I'm going to touch, because it was based on what she heard. She did, she said what she said, she did what she did, based on what she heard. There wasn't any other evidence that she was going to be healed other than what she heard. Oh, come on. There wasn't any other evidence. She didn't get five witnesses. She didn't have a video. She didn't go through a course. Based on what she heard, she made a decision that she was going to believe it and it was going to happen no matter what. Okay? Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Say, if her faith can make her whole, then my faith can make me whole. Because God's no respecter of persons. Where does faith come from? Hearing the word of God. So anytime that you hear the word, you can have faith for whatever it's saying. Hallelujah. You don't need any other evidence. Can I pause here for just a minute? Go, oh, go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Mm, my goodness. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, verse 3. Hebrews 11, verse 3. We're going to come back to Mark 5. So, uh, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen... We're not made of things which do appear. How many believe that the word created our world? God spoke the world into existence. He said light be. It was dark. It was void. But when God spoke, he changed the atmosphere. He changed the environment. All he did was say, let there be light. Boom, the light came on. And the light's been on ever since. His word is so powerful. Not only does it bring things into being, but it sustains it for as long as it needs it. 
Do you believe that the Word created this world? If the Word created the world, if the Word created the trees and the fish and the birds and the stars and the earth and you, then God created hearts. God created organs. God created your skin. God created the bones. God created your eyes. God created your ears. God created everything that you are. And if He created it, He can fix it. He can restore it. He can make it work. Hallelujah. Mm. Okay, let's go back to Mark 5. Because there's another person yet that hasn't finished. Mark 5, verse 35. Mark 5, 35. While... He yet spoke, Jesus, while he was speaking, telling the woman, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Be whole of the plague. Right? You know, when Jesus says be whole, how should you act? Like you're whole. If Jesus says be whole, then be whole. Amen? Ain't no blood flowing out of me anymore. Ain't no blood flowing out of me anymore. She probably went to all those doctors say, I I got a second opinion. And now I'm now I'm whole. I don't know where that came from, but I guess it's to the ain't no stopping us now. I'm in the groove. Okay, Mark five thirty five. Okay, while he yet spake There came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain which said, your daughter is dead. Was she dead when he started? No, she was was near death. So they're on the way to his house, him and Jesus, right? Based on what he said, based on what he did, right? He worshiped him. He, He made a request. Jesus honored their request because it was in faith. So they're walking. The woman gets healed, right? Now, the news is, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? Was Jesus troubled? No, he was not. He was joyful to go with Jairus. He was full of joy. He was full of expectation because he knew that Jairus was going to get what he said. Voice activated. Okay? As soon as Jesus heard the word, as soon as the word heard the report, the word counteracted the report that was given. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of your feelings? Are you going to believe the report of your doctor? Doctor, fine, but they're limited in knowledge. A doctor can't heal a bone. They can just set the bone in place and then the bone heals itself. Right? Why? God designed the body to be healed. When you cut your finger, God designed the body, the blood to clot so you don't bleed out. God designed the body these, these ways. Okay? Who's, whose report are you going to believe? 
Okay? As soon as Jesus heard the word, that was spoken. I love, Jesus is a quick responder. When he hears something negative, he's on it. Like white on rice. He said unto Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. What was Jairus supposed to believe? What he originally said. See, faith doesn't change its mind just because the circumstances change. Faith sticks with what it originally said. Nope, I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm sticking right here. Notice when Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, only believe, he didn't respond any, he didn't say another thing. Why? He had to believe what he originally said. Come, lay your hands on her, she shall be healed, and she shall be, uh, she will live. Right? Faith, you have to stick with the faith statement. Faith doesn't change based on circumstances. Faith changes circumstances. Faith just doesn't respond to bad news. Faith makes the news. Faith writes the news. Okay? So, they got to the house. So, Jarius had to fight fear, and he had to believe. He had to still believe. In, in, in spite of negative circumstances, he still had to believe what he originally said. Okay? So they got to the house, verse 37. He suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw the tumult, the, uh, the commotion, and them that wept and wailed. So, oh my goodness. You know what happens when someone dies, right? Maybe you've been in that situation. Maybe you've seen that situation. Everybody's grief-stricken. They're sad. They're, they're crying. They're carrying on. And Jesus walks in to this house where this is going on, right? How many know that the word has to bring order out of chaos? And when he was come in, verse 39, he said unto them, Why make you this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleeps. He, he looked in the face of them crying and yelling and carrying on. And he said, this, this girl is not dead. She's asleep. And that contradicted all what they just saw. The word stood alone in its statement. And they laughed at him. If you say your faith statement and people laugh at you, is that going to question your faith? Or are you going to keep the faith? Say, I'm keeping the faith. Say, faith is greater than their criticism. So how many, how many people are in faith in this room? Five. Jesus. Jarius, his wife, Peter, oh, six, Peter, James, and John, six. Six people out of how many people are in faith? All the other people, they're not in faith, but six of them are. Okay? Because Jesus 
chose Peter, James, and John. They, they were the three disciples that got to go places where the other disciples didn't get to go. Okay? So they laughed at him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, listen, faith, you got to walk in the authority of faith. Faith has authority. And when they were contradicting the word, the word put them out. Amen? Listen, you've you got to be able to put people out. Talk to the hand. Before it slaps you. No, just kidding. (laughs) He took the father and the mother of the child. Why? He took the people that had faith into the place. Jarius had his faith. He kept his faith even in the trial. He kept his faith. And he entered where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand. What's he doing? He's touching. Who told him to touch? Jarius. The word is doing what Jarius said. You got to hear this. The word is doing what Jarius said. Why isn't the word working for me? If you stop complaining about the word, maybe it'll work for you. Oh. Jarius said, come, lay your hands on her. She will be healed and she shall live. Jesus is doing exactly what Jarius said. He's coming, right? He's there. And now he's touching her. He's taking her by the hand. Jerry didn't say touch her on the head. He just said touch her. Doesn't matter where Jesus touched her. He's doing what Jerry has said. Voice activated and touch activated. And and he said unto her, now the word is speaking. Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. See, Death entered in, but there's someone that's greater than death is there. Amen? And he is speaking life to the situation. He's touching her. Damsel arrived. And straightway, everybody say straightway. That means immediately. The damsel arose and walked. She didn't even have to stretch. She said, whoo. She, she got up and she started walking. Right? That's some results. For she was of the age of 12. The women dealt with the thing for 12 years, and this girl was 12 years old. This girl is as long, uh, she, she lived as long as the woman dealt with her situation. And they were astonished with great astonishment. Oh, my goodness. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given to eat. You know, dying makes you hungry. Would this have happened if Jerry had said something different? Or if he just spoke in the face of death? 
well, maybe it is troubling you, Jesus. Why don't you just go home? That would have been it right there. But Jarius, he voice activated a miracle. Amen. Do you have a voice? Can you activate a miracle? Then you got to stop siding with the pain and start siding with the word. You, you've got to contradict the pain with scripture. Maybe, okay, let, let me just give you an example, right? Your elbow just got this pain. The pain is real, okay? But I'm not... I'm not going to focus on the pain. This, this elbow's in pain. Lord, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I am healed. Oh, Lord, your benefits is healing in the name of Jesus. You see, I'm, I'm not disregarding the pain. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying something in place of it. Let me just encourage you real quick. Romans 10.10. 10, go oh, you better see this. Romans 10.10. 10. Go there. Romans 10.10. 10. Romans 10.10. 10. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. When you hear the word, you've got to grab a hold of it with your heart. Okay? But with the mouth... Confession is made unto salvation. Believing is only half of it. What are you doing with what you believe? You've got to say it. You've got to make a confession about what you believe. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession makes it. Confession is made. Confession brings it from the invisible to the visible. Believing it you're, you're latched onto it like a laser-guided bomb, right? You know, a laser-guided bomb, they got to have people on the ground to paint the target, right? They, they paint the target with a laser, so when the plane comes, it locks on the laser that was painted, boom, it hits the target, all right? So with, with the heart, man believes. You latch onto it with your heart, but then to bring it here. Okay, I see that chair. That chair is in the invisible. I see it because it, the Word says it. The Word says it exists. The Word is my title deed. So I believe it exists. I'm latched onto it with the mouth. Thank you, Lord, that this chair is mine. Thank you that I have this chair. Thank you, Lord, that this chair is mine. Now I brought it to where I am. Confession is made unto salvation. Confession brings it into the realm of reality. You've got to have a confession. Amen? Right, let me just encourage you quick. Oh, goodness. To confess means to speak as a conclusion. You want to speak the end result, not the problem. You can state the problem, but don't stay there. You've got to move past the problem. Okay, you stated the problem, now what's the solution? Right? Jarius said, the problem is, my daughter's near death. What's the solution? Come lay your hands on her, and, and she will be healed, and she will live. That's the solution. That's the end result. He spoke the conclusion. Right? Are you getting this? Okay? Um, so to confess means to voice the same conclusion, to agree to 
profess because you're in full agreement. You're aligned with Jesus. Jairus was aligned with Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood was aligned with Jesus. They spoke the same thing that Jesus would speak if he was speaking on their behalf. Say, speak the same thing. Hallelujah. Okay? What did the Roman centurion do? Just say the word and what? It shall be so. He didn't even use touch. He just used voice. And that was the highest form of faith. Because Jesus said, he marveled and said, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Jairus had faith, but he didn't have great faith. But the centurion had great faith. Not, not taking anything away because Jairus, Jairus, his faith worked, didn't it? He got the answer, didn't he? Amen. But he was specific about what he said, and he was specific about what he did. Amen. So let me just give you this real quick. Uh, oh, hallelujah. Uh, Jesus said, if you, if you don't confess me before men, I won't confess you before my father. So in order for Jesus to talk about you, you've got to talk about Jesus. You've got to talk about Jesus. Right? That's Matthew 10, 32. Oh, go to John, go to John 12, verse 42 for just a second. You've got to see this. John 12, verse 42. This is the opposite side of the coin when you don't confess. This, is, this shows you how important your confession is. What you say about your situation, it's really important. Okay? John chapter 12 and verse 42. John 12 and verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief priests also many believed on him. Say many believed. Okay, they're, they're halfway there. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. They believed, but because they didn't confess, they didn't get the whole thing. They didn't get the miracle. They didn't tap into the power. They believed, oh, she's a believer, he's a believer, but what are you saying about what you believe? You've got to make that confession. You've got to make that statement. It's got to come. That's where. That's what taps into the power. They believed, but they didn't confess because they were more afraid about being thrown out of the synagogue than believing in, than uh, actually expressing their belief in Jesus. So they were silent, and therefore, you know, they hit, they hit a whammy, right? How many's ever seen Pressure Luck? Right? No wham. It's a, it's a game show I used to watch a long time ago. And uh, th- they had this screen and they got these little whammies. Right? And, and they're, they're trying to get the, get the money and they said, no whammies, no whammies. Right? Uh, you have to look it up. Pressure luck. I, by the way, I don't believe in luck. I'm just giving you an illustration. All right? Okay. Um. The key to possessing God's promises is to agree with what he said. Don't add to it. Don't take it away. 
If Jesus is a healer, then he's a healer today. He'll be a healer tomorrow. He's always going to be a healer because that's who he is. So when you need healing, start talking healing. Start talking what the word says about healing. Amen? Well, I don't know anything. Well, ask Pastor Doug. He'll help you. Or ask the Holy Spirit. My goodness. Then you need to believe. You need to agree with what the word says. You need to believe that the word is the absolute truth. Say the word is the highest authority. It is, isn't it? It it created everything. Right? Okay? So once you agree and believe, then speak. And then the next thing is you will possess. Notice what, uh, what God told Israel. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it. Numbers 33, 53. You shall take possession of the land and live in it, for I have given the land to you to possess. Say, God has given me healing to possess. God has given me joy to possess. God has given me peace to possess. God has given me prosperity to possess. He gives it, but you got to do the possessing. He gave the land. He said, this is your land. I've given it to you, but you got to go in and take it. God doesn't do the possessing. You have to do the possessing. God is the grantor for you to possess it, but you're the possessor. You've got to take the, you've got to be the one to take possession of it. All right? What does it mean to possess? Just real quick. I know my time's almost up. It means to have, to have and to hold. To have and to hold. It means to seize and take control. To seize and take control. It means to enter into and control firmly. A firm persuasion. Be totally convinced. Fully persuaded. That's faith. To control firmly. Amen? To, to be an owner. Did you know that owners think differently than renters? Renters could care less, but owners, they have a vested interest in their things. Are you, when uh, Dr. Fiona and I, we were in Tennessee, we heard this pastor from Africa. He preached on, are you an owner or a renter? That sermon, I I could see myself sitting in that congregation. I, I could hear that sermon being preached. It so impacted me. Amen? So your confession has a big part. And, you know, there were, there were other examples of people that touched Jesus and got healed. What do you think happens when someone lays hands on someone? For ordination, for setting apart, for healing, for filling? Why, why does the Bible have us lay hands? That's a point of contact. That's where the power can be released to. Amen? What do you do with an electric appliance? If it doesn't have batteries, you better, you got to find somewhere to plug it in. I'm looking for the power. Oh, there's the power. Boom. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Okay. I'm done. If you came here tonight and you need healing in your body, you now need to become a possessor of healing. Jarius and that woman were just like you. They weren't any different. She dealt with something for a long time until she stopped dealing with it for a long time. But she said and she did. Jarius said and he did. And both of them got the promise. Both of them possessed the promise. And if they can do it, you can do it. Amen? We're about inheritance here. And we're not here to hold up your inheritance in probate court. We're here to distribute your inheritance. We are here to, to get the inheritance in your hands. I've given you God's will. God wants you healed. God wants you whole. He's wrote it from Genesis. I mean, my goodness, Abraham prayed for someone and they got healed. That's in Genesis. Amen? Healing belongs to us. It's part, it's part of what God gave us. It's part of his covenant. God wants you healed. God wants you whole. God wants you strong. God wants you restored. God wants you to have long life. But you have to participate with him. You can't just live any way and expect God to do these great things for you. You've got to hook up with God. You've got to surrender your life. You've got to take on God's will. I, can't, I, I don't have time to go into all that tonight. But you listen, you've got to give up your way and you've got to take on his way. If you, need healing up, if you need healing tonight, why are you in your seats? Possessors, get up and possess it. If you need any type of healing, it doesn't matter. My God's a healer. From this point on, you are divorcing sickness and disease and infirmity. It's not your friend. It's not your house guest. It doesn't belong to you. It's an invader. You have no trespassing signs on you. God wants you healed. God wants you whole from head to toe. He wants you pain free. He wants you to be able to operate. He wants you to run in the fields. He wants you to play in the Father's house. I'm just quoting songs now. How many want to be healed? I don't care how long you've dealt with it. I don't care what it is. God's the healer. That's the end result. That's the conclusion. And when you leave tonight, you don't say anything else other than healing. I don't care what your body says. I don't care what the doctor's report is. You, you get where Jesus' report. Are you ready to receive? Hallelujah.
Jesus.
no more exams, no more doctor bills. Hallelujah. She took the best medicine. The me- she took the medicine that made her body. Hallelujah. She took the medicine that made her body. Glory to God. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.